Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. Is Google broken? Black Hat SEO specialists are getting better and better at outsmarting Google every day. Earlier this year, JCPenney and Overstock.com had to be manually demoted by Google because they were paying for inbound links to artificially inflate their rankings. Last month, a Chinese startup that uses illicit SEO tactics to outrank a number of major consumer brands for keywords like summer dresses, secured a $15 million investment from Sequoia Capital. Or or how about this? Credit card provider Capital One manages to piggyback off an online card dealership's display ads to rank number one for the phrase auto loans. And most recently, Lead gen companies have gotten so good at gaming local search, it's become exceedingly difficult, if not impossible, for local locksmiths to get found by customers. Instead, the lead gen companies, or affiliate marketers, intercept the leads, sell them to the local locksmiths, and in doing so, drive up the cost of service. Today we're going to talk to an expert in online search. His name is Doug Pierce, and he's the co-founder of Digital Due Diligence, which helps investors evaluate online business models. Doug, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Great to be on. Now, you recently helped the New York Times uncover the dismal state of local search, and you found that unbeknownst to most people, there's nothing local at all about Google Local. In fact, it's tremendously misleading because you're more likely to find a lead gen company than an actual locksmith. So tell us if you would... Who are these lead gen companies and just how are they outranking real locksmiths in local markets nationwide? Yeah, so what you'll find is uh, a lot of people who are in the service provider industry, they're not, they're not too savvy at online marketing, but the people who are, they're the ones who are going to rank ahead of them. And they're going to sell the leads to the highest bidder. And uh, a lot of times, or the worst case scenario was... Uh, for the locksmiths, if you called up, you'll actually get a some call center in the middle of the country who just um, farms out the leads like on a, on a pretty big scale. Now, in the article, it said lead gen sites are good at spreading their name, address, and phone number, NAP, as it's called in the search business, uh, around the web to curry favor with Google Places. Is that done via paid services like universal business listings and local ease, or is there something else going on we should know about? Well, the thing that's, um, that makes local search versus the uh, regular organic listings different is really how much easier it is to rank for local. You don't need a domain name. You don't have to buy hosting. And uh, instead of link building, uh, exactly, you would it's, it's um, getting your NAP name, address, and phone number on as many sites as you can, or that's a big part of it. And so well, what you'll find is a lot of people, yeah, they'll go to Yelp, uh, Angie's List, any of those places where uh, the site exists for that very purpose to, to be a directory for local businesses. And uh, 
what people what you'll see people do then is if that doesn't work, they'll go one step further and actually hijack an existing places page. And uh, just to give you an example, a funny funny example I found of that, uh, there's a statue of Vladimir Lenin, the uh, Soviet ruler, and uh, there's a statue of him in Seattle. And I was just I was looking, and it's it says locksmith Lenin as the name. So uh, someone apparently tried to hijack the place of the statue and turn it into one of these lead gen locksmith scam companies. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot to look out for. Now in the New York Times story, a guy named Craig Bearwalt of a firm called Local Inbound Marketing is quoted saying, there are hundreds of these lead gen sites and they spend a ton of money gaming, gaming Google. What exactly are they spending money on? Well, the lead gen sites, they, it's not really that they're individual lead gen sites who are spending incredible amounts of money. It's that I think if you're an actual locksmith or a repairman, uh, you're up against so many other people who want that same to be in the seven pack or, or whatever. And um, if it's you against potentially hundreds of other people who know SEO and who have the skills to do it better than the actual business, it's kind of like, yeah, even if you go up a spot, it's like uh, cutting off a head of, a, of the Hydra, it's going to just regenerate two more. And the marginal cost, of, of creating a new places page on Google is nearly nothing. And then if people know how and to game the system, it's not too hard to jump ahead of the actual legitimate locksmiths or service providers. Do you think that changes? Do you see that changing? Well, I, I hope to see a change. Uh, right now, uh, right now, if I had to use an analogy, I kind of I, th- I kind of think it. You know how some people wait a model year before buying a new car model. Um, I think yeah, when it comes to searching local services, um, I personally I wouldn't trust it. It's kind of I, th- I yeah I think the search engines have the work cut out for them. The New York Times story also include, included a quote from uh, Google Global Communications Director Gabriel Stricker, who's been featured on this podcast before, and we'll have a link in the show notes to his episode. Um, And the story included a text from an email he sent to the reporter who wrote the story, uh, and uh, his name was David Siegel. But here's what Gabriel from Google wrote, quote, We're aware of the gaming practices happening in the locksmith industry, practices which have long predated Google and have affected the Yellow Pages for decades. We've implemented several measures to combat this issue, including improving our spam detection algorithms and working with the locksmith industry to find solutions. Now, Google's magic up to now has been their spam detecting algorithm. But when I hear that they're going to be working with the locksmith industry, I can't help but get a little nervous because that type of thing just doesn't scale. So is local search fixable? And do you think Google's decision to include local results in universal search was a good idea or was it a bad idea? Well, I think you have to look at local search. Uh, I kind of see it. You could break it down into three components. You're searching uh, this product search, uh, place search, and service search. Uh, for the first two, they're actually, I think they're doing a pretty good job. If you're searching for a product, Google and Bing, uh, you're going to find it for the most part. And if you're using an iPhone app, it's even more focused. Places search. If you're looking for definitely a, like a brand, a, a brand name chain store, you're going to find it. If you're searching for food, you're going to find it. But then the thing that uh, where it gets murkier is these local service providers like locksmith, carpet cleaner, any type of repairman. Uh, those are the guys who get overrun by the people who know SEO know well enough to rank ahead of them and sell the leads. And yeah, regarding if mixing local searches within the uh, regular search results, yeah, I think that's a great idea. But then you figure, okay, if the when the seven pack appears above the natural search results, it's just so much easier to rank in that area than what you would have to do if you were a website trying to rank what you see below that. 
We're talking to Doug Pierce. He's the co-founder of Digital Due Diligence. And when we return, he's going to tell us about a Chinese startup that used illicit black hat SEO tactics to help win a $15 million investment from Sequoia Capital and how Capital One is riding AutoRev's advertising coattails to claim the number one search ranking for the phrase auto loan. Stay with us. I see a lot of senior, mid-level and senior-level managers at all sorts of corporations and organizations around the country who are my age, I'm in my early 50s and older, who don't understand still what it is or its power or its importance in communicating with internal, external audiences, with customers, with members, with, with whomever the audience, the media, with legislators, with whomever the audience might be, and they just sort of discount its importance. And, uh, you know, I think that's one big hurdle that still has to be cleared here uh, for, for, for organizations, senior management to really understand and then embrace it. And then, you know, then really understand how to apply it uh, to, to their audiences and to their circumstances. I think that's really the big hurdle still. You know, we went to the, you know, the lunches where it's just a presentation and you, you see how important social media is. But the thing is, people would always walk away and say, what, where do we go from here? I'm completely lost. They say a blog is good and RSS feed is good, but like, what do we do? Like, you know, it's important, but then someone from your company is going to have to learn how to do it. You know, so if you don't do it, then who's going to do it for you? So if you're ready to bring your laptop, log on and learn how to actually use social media, join me for my hands-on training tour presented by Social Media Today. In September 2011, I'll be visiting Sydney, Singapore, London, Paris, Toronto, New York City, Chicago, and San Francisco. Bring your laptop to our computer training facility, log on, and get real-world experience using social media for serious business. There's only 30 slots per city. To sign up, go to www.socialmediabootcamp.com. Chengdu-based B2C apparel company Milanu, now backed by Sequoia Capital, boasts 600% yearly growth in revenue since its 2008 inception. Among the most valuable keywords Milanu ranked for in Google when you took the time to check them out were cheap dresses, evening gown, cheap wedding dresses, and summer dresses. And you figured that those four phrases alone had an equivalent cost of nearly $200,000 a month on AdWords. Now, apparently, Matt Cutts must read your blog because they appear to have been manually demoted since your April 25th post. But how did a small Chinese e-tailer of wholesale apparel, often copied from designer brands, manage to outrank Victoria's Secret, Banana Republic, and The Gap for the keyword summer dresses? Great. Um, well, I think the main takeaway is, uh, well, the keywords, uh, they're, they're clothing, dresses, keywords, which was pretty much exactly the same that JCPenney was doing. But um, JCPenney was pre-Panda and this Milanu was post-Panda. So I think that's really what um, one of the main points was. They were both gaming the same keywords and both, even after all the hoopla with JCPenney, it was still was going through Google. And yeah, so regarding what I found, uh, nothing out of the ordinary, paid links, spam, uh, comments, 
spam. And yeah, I really don't, I really don't see any reason why if a company, they're going to take the risk to rely on trying to beat the algorithms that Google puts in place and does usually a pretty good job at, then how come other companies that are doing things thinking long term and, you know, for the, for the benefit of everybody involved, they're not getting whatever it was, $15 million uh, VC raise. How does a company go about doing that from a practical standpoint? Like, how does a company go out and buy all these inbound links? Because, I mean, they're one by one, right? Or do they buying from networks or how does something like that work? Uh, it's actually even more interesting if you look at how the Chinese buyer and sellers of links do it. Um, it's a lot more prevalent and open if you look if you're looking on the Chinese internet. Um, I know I know of one site you could just go in, you can tell it what page rank you want, what Alexa rating you want, um, how many inbound links does this site have, and they'll just spit out a list of who you could buy from. And another thing, uh, a lot of the websites in China in their photos they're going to have uh, photo translated. It would be friendly links, which on the surface it just looks like other other websites that they, that they recommend their users. And I think that's probably that I'm sure that. That's how it started originally. But then people figured they could buy and sell these links in the footers. And it's just so prevalent that, well, Baidu, for, for one, doesn't, I haven't seen any action taken. And with Google, uh, their market share diminished. There's not really that strong of a, a backlash that they're going to receive. And uh, even I've even seen Chinese government websites. You could search and you could buy a link from a .gov.cn website. Uh, two days ago on your blog, uh, you wrote that Capital One is piggybacking off the growth of AutoRev to rank number one for the term auto loans. Um, and you wrote the way they're doing it is that when car owners who sell their car on eBay use a template from AutoRev, there's a section about financing, they fill it out, and um, then they get this, I guess, little display ad that they wind up putting on to Craigslist or other sites. And it's got a text link in there to auto to uh, Capital One for auto loans, and uh, and they're doing the same thing with dealerships. Um, and you wrote the result is Capital One maintains the top spot for a highly competitive keyword based on the growth of a car dealership website uh, company. Um, so first of all, how does something like that work? Like I understand the concept of a JPEG. But I don't really understand the concept of a display ad that also has a text link in it. So from a technical standpoint, what's going on there? Well, first, I just want to say that I don't think Capital One, um, they're able to rank for that keyword only relying on templates that AutoRevo customers use. But then, um, yeah, regarding if you're using a JPEG and it links to a site, uh, how does that work? It's simply that they're using the, uh, well, they're just putting the words in the alt attribute of the image, which the search engine spiders use to uh, make the connection between two sites, the keyword relevance. Got it. So they basically just take the, the keywords, they put them in the alt tag. Yep. You know, when I searched auto loans before our call, I did not see them ranking. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, you're helping Matt, Matt Cuts do his job. I don't know. Uh, it could be. Now, back in February, you helped the New York Times uncover JCPenney's black hat SEO strategy, which effectively uh, dominated Google search rankings over the 2010 holiday season. And in the article you were, you were quoted, you said, Actually, it's the most ambitious attempt I've ever heard of. The whole thing just blew me away, especially for such a major brand. You'd think they would have people around them that would know better. Now, given the level of digital illiteracy that persists in the C-suite and the fact that most companies are choosing to vest responsibility 
for search and digital communications at either the middle or the bottom of the org chart, why were you so surprised that they didn't have anyone higher up that did know better? And when, if ever, do you think companies will actually start to recognize the importance of digital communications and start to actually put people in place who are engaged and fluent in online and social media communications? First, I think that, um, yeah, the JCPenney, the management who was in charge of overlooking and overseeing uh, their online marketing. Yeah, I think they did. I'm, I'm sure they knew what was happening, but uh, the consequences, of course, didn't didn't register in their mind. You think they did know? I mean, you think if you would have sat those guys down and said, hey, do you know the um, the impact of an inbound link on your search rank? You think they would have said, oh, sure, we understand that? Well, I think to the degree that they saw the, the results that were coming in and well, the fact I think that um, their, their SEO agency was with them for about, what, four years at least. And um, I, was, I was looking actually trying to figure out that same question. I was looking at some old job postings of JCPenney. And yeah, it stated pretty explicitly that you have to work um, oversee uh, the agencies that, that uh, JCPenney has. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess they, they would have known. Tell me, if someone wants to uh, get a hold of you, uh, Doug, and hire your firm, how would they do that? You could go to our, our shortest URL is digital-dd. Com, and you can learn more about us there. And uh, we're based in, in New York City. Our phone number is 212-380-8057. So give us a call and yeah, we'll be able to answer any question. One more thing I got to ask you. Why are you such a fan of OpenSiteExplorer.org? Oh, well, that's, that's what I started using and just a fan of the interface. What, what does it do that Yahoo Site Explorer doesn't? Well, a couple of things. Um, there's the you just get a, you get a better idea of the authority of the site that it links to you through the uh, they call it Moz rank. So there's um, the domain rank, the page the page authority, and then they also have the cool pie charts showing you know no follow versus follow um, if you're linking to the main domain or to a page. Yeah, once again, just a graphical interface. Doug Pierce, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. On the Record Online is hosted by Eric Schwartzman, an independent online communications consultant whose clients include the U.S. Department of State, the United States Marine Corps, the U.S. Embassy of Greece, the Government of Singapore, Johnson & Johnson, Toyota, Southern California Edison, the Environmental Defense Fund, and dozens of small to medium-sized organizations. For information about engaging Eric Schwartzman as a speaker, social media trainer, or digital strategist, visit www.ericschwartzman.com or send email to eric at ericschwartzman.com.